It's up to you, New York, New York. Happy New Year, Sam. Hi, Happy New Year, Veronica. Well, in case you didn't catch our names, I'm Sam. And I'm Veronica. And we are your 2017 podcast hosts. That's right. We decided to switch bodies for this year. <laughs> I love mine so far. Yeah. These tits are great. <laughs> I have a penis. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Did you enjoy our New Year's celebration? I did. I think we did a, had a great job. We did so good. We had a great job. We had a great job. It was good. <laughs> Yeah, we watched, we marathoned Westworld. We were yeah. invited to things. We were invited to things, but we said, no. No. <laughs> we're, we're staying home. We said the machines are more human than the humans now. <laughs> you don't need the outside world. Uh, spoilers, everyone. Uh, this podcast will be full of spoilers about Westworld. Are we going to spoil things about Westworld? I don't know, just in case. Okay. Um, I will try to... Hold back from okay. really spoiling anything. We won't spoil anything for yeah. you. Go and watch a different. Go and listen to a different podcast for spoilers. Some of them are robots, and some of them are people, and sometimes the robots act more like people. Well, than I the people. I think that the most surprising um, thing is that Michael Crichton wrote a story about things going awry in a theme park. Yeah, I know, right. I wouldn't and have expected as much that from They him. were all dinosaurs all along. That was shocking. That was insane. Yeah. It was too much. But it was really satisfying to see the paradoxical finally rip the guys just throw it out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I agree. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. What did you think about Westworld? I really enjoyed it. Okay, there's On a time. scale of 1 to 10. Um, I don't know. I think I'd have to soberly revisit it later to kind of make that assessment. Okay. But I think very high, probably in the ninth range. Oh my! Uh, it's but I, I tend to really be enraptured by things that I feel like kind of are wholly unique in a certain respect. Like Last Man on Earth is a very flawed show, but there's no other show that explores it for as much time as it does. So I, I really appreciate it, even though it sometimes is very flawed. Uh, this show uh, may have been pacing sort of weird, and some of the episodes. Were kind of inexplicable. I feel like it started really high and then kind of got really just strange and then came back up to being um, near perfect for the uh, end. Okay. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought the pacing was slow. Uh, sometimes the writing was a little bit sloppy. Please don't look at my hairy legs. Um, you can rub them, but don't look at them. Uh, anyways, I, I thought that the pacing was a little bit like, ugh. But at the same time, there are lots of elements that I loved about it. If you don't know about me in general, I love uh, sentient robots. Those make me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the uh, the question of um, of what makes a human a human. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. Um, what I did not like was that every sex scene, save one, is non-consensual that yeah. was upsetting but they didn't try to pretend that it was titillating for no. the audience at any moment which game of thrones kind of does mm-hmm. when they keep it very rapey and they stayed very clear of that which i appreciated yeah if there were sort of titillating sexy sex in this show or the attempt of that the question of consent 
even if the situation seemed like everyone is on the up and up, but still be lingering over it in a way. So I appreciate that they never did that. Yeah. When they go to more kind of um, uh, hedonistic places, you're never from the point of view of a character who's just like, yeah. I agree. Um, I still didn't like that though. It's sure. Yeah. Gross. Um, there was a, there was a scene that I think kind of hit me a little bit hard um, with the, the uh, with a, a man beating up this lady that was um, a really kind of hard to watch too. I didn't like that either. Mm. Um, but that's just bad childhood memories. Not so much a, mm-hmm. you know, not so much a flaw in the show. Um, but overall... I'm teetering between whether or not this show is an eight or a nine for me. I really enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. good. Yeah. You, you got a, there's a character in the show that reminds me in a lot of ways of you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And podcast listeners, see if you can figure out which character that is and let us know. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be very hard. <laughs> no. Everything that this character does, I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, yes. That's exactly what I would do. So, yeah. 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 And, and when you first pointed it out to me, I was like, well, maybe. Yeah. And then uh, th- that very same episode, I was just like, well, yep. Every 100% everything about this. So, it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously Abernathy. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh, spoilers. It's not Dolores. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a fun night. I had a lot of fun with you. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, Whitemore asks, favorite new thing you learned this year? In 2017? 16, I believe. Oh, so, uh, looking back on 2016, favorite new thing that I learned this year? Um, gosh, I learned so much. Let's see. Um, I think that, I think that, um, sorry. I think that the thing that I really enjoyed and learned the most this year was, um, a lot of, well, I really enjoyed my sociology classes this year. Mm. Those are my favorite things. Um, so that was that my favorite thing that I learned this year Well, I think I really came into my own at so many points during the year and really redefined who I was and am. And um, so I think the thing that I most enjoyed was becoming more comfortable with myself. Right on. That's great. Mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? Um, I think I got a little bit better at being able to share my life with somebody, mm-hmm. which is not something that I have... Um, uh, done for a lot of my life, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I've, I've got a little bit better at that. That's probably my favorite new yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, uh, school's going really great, and I'm really excited to, to sink my teeth into that and make progress on things. Progress in a way that I can stick with, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I have to say, 2016 was a real shit year for a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. especially to be a celebrity. If there's one time in my life where I'm like, thank God I didn't become a famous pop star, 
It's 2016. <laughs> um, but yeah, 2016 in general was really great for me. I I had a lot of really great uh, yeah, experiences. The, Personally, it was really good for me. It certainly seems that the, the worse things go for the world at large, the better things go for us on an individual, personal level. Yeah. It's upsetting. Yeah. But um, on that note, the next four years should be fabulous for us personally. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Upward climb to success. I think there's going to be a lot of human misery to fuel this rocket ship. Yeah, uh, I really hope that. We, I hope we don't have fabulous years on this account, though. But we'll see. Um, yeah. So at Suit Sakara's Rums says, "Hey, podcast, podcast. Do you guys have any tattoos?" I do. I have one tattoo. It's on my inner right wrist. Um, it is an elephant. It's a little gray elephant with um, purple accent marks, like a, a little painting on its forehead. And it's got a purple blanket on it. And I picked it out from a textile that I saw, a textile pattern when I was shopping with my daughter. And I was like, oh, that's perfect. And I picked it out and I got it. And that was great. Right on. I one day hope to have it removed. <laughs> <laughs> would you um, would you ever have it, another tattoo? Um, I don't know. There are lots of tattoos that I think would be really great. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I got so much instant regret from this tattoo that I probably wouldn't do another one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so the day that I got this tattoo, I finished getting this tattoo at like two o'clock in the morning and then the next morning at like 10 a.m. I had a really, um, traumatic life experience happen. And so, um, the tattoo, which was initially meant to remind me of my kids and, um, just, you know, the happiness that I had experienced in my life that was sort of unexpected and now when I look at it, that's the memory that I have is this traumatic experience. And so, um, you know, you, you can't really control the world around you. So, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'd necessarily get another one. Gotcha. Um, going back to for like years and years, like nearly a decade, there was always two tattoos that I thought that I'd get eventually. I know I'm not so sure, but it's fun to talk about them mm -hmm. now. But one was uh, the ultraviolet certain tattoos, the ones that come out under black light, on my hand right here of the Triforce with one of the triangles eliminated. Mm. Like how they glow sometimes on their hands. Yeah. So I could have a light on it and the courage, uh, strength, or wisdom could kind of glow for me. That'd be cool. Um, maybe probably courage of the three. Mm -hmm. um, like Link has on, on his hand. Uh, so so that, that's one that I always thought I'd get. And the other one is um, Vulcan calligraphy is really gorgeous. And there is this, uh, all the different, they really celebrate um, declarations of universal rights in uh -huh. Star Trek. That's something that's very celebrated. And that's something that, again and again, different planets, species, groups, times have these sort of um, treasured cornerstone documents. And the Vulcan Declaration of Universal Rights uh, is, is a beautiful sentiment, I believe. It, it sort of talks about how any being has the capacity for logic and um, to better itself and to become aware and that you should never, um, the, the, the basic thing is that, that 
you never forget that everyone, no matter what, and everything has the capacity to, to reach that mm. sort of a thing. And, and so I thought, I've always thought about maybe that. And so Vulcan calligraphy is very up and down uh, sort of a thing. So it'd be kind of long, this way, um, up and down wise, not necessarily left or right. So I'd, uh, I always imagine that kind of on so my it's shoulder kind of blade. like kanji? Yeah. As it goes down? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I'd imagine that on my, on my like, kind of my shoulder blade sort of a thing. That'd be neat. Yeah, it would, it would be pretty intricate. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of kind of big little passage, but I think it'd be, sure. I think it'd be cool. Well, if you're gonna get a huge tattoo, your back is a good place to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not not your arm. <laughs> so those are the two going back for 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 a long time that I've always thought that I'd have, but who knows? Yeah, I'll probably get something suddenly. Uh, I've also uh, when I was uh, not so much younger, but. I don't know, I guess like over a decade ago, I wanted to get uh, the Avengers with a tramp stamp on my back and just get all of these like Avengers on my on my back in the tramp stamp area with uh, Captain America's shield right in the center. <laughs> That's silly. But no, I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> now. Now that would be dumb. So... I thought that would be very funny, though. That is funny. See, and it's a good thing that I didn't just spend a lot of money on tattoos when I was thinking of very funny things, because there are a lot of very funny things that I think I would be like, oh, her, her, yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> That's why I'm not a good tattoo canvas. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> cool. Let me fish out another one if you just want to stall for time very elegantly for me. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, I okay, would... I've got one. Okay. <laughs> Suit Cigars Rob says at Podcat Podcast, who would you want to play each of you in a movie about your lives? Oh, Sarah Ramirez. Clearly Anthony Hopkins. (laughs) Your face. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Is this an older version of you? (laughs) Well, I mean, you don't want. Did we open a theme park together? (laughs) (laughs) Near thirty. Go ahead. Go on. No, go on up here. I was, I was joking. I, I like Sarah, Sarah Ramirez um, a mm, lot. Yeah, yeah. I like her in Grey's Anatomy, uh, which she just recently left this season, or I guess at the end of last season. Spoilers. Um, love her. She also does the voice of the mom in uh, Sophia the First, which is a Disney princess cartoon that I kind of like. Um but yeah, she she's really great. She used to uh, sing in the opera. She, I mean, just all kinds of great things about her. I think she's a very talented human being. And typically when I create a character for D&D or something, um, that is the person that I'm recreating. Mm-hmm. In fact, in your Star Trek game, that's the person that I've recreated. Yeah, that's, that's my exactly visual right. for myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like her too. Um, I, I don't exactly love Grey's Anatomy. I watch a lot of it with you, and I think it's kind of interesting. And her, her arc is always something that I find interesting. Yeah. And in fact, I recently brought a character into Cthulhu and Friends that I've specifically said looks like her. Oh, so cool. Should be fun. Fun. Um, yeah, so that's who I would have played. Uh, Will Wheaton. For me. Will Wheaton for you. That's a good one for he, he you. Would, he would look right. and Shut up, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I wonder if people say that to him all the time. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a real bummer. Yeah. He played a very iconic character. Yeah. Oy. Okay. Well, that's that's my answer to that question. Uh-huh. It's so interesting if you rewatch the very early season one, they really invest in the backstories of two characters that they really think are going to be there 
until the end that <laughs> that it's going to be cornerstone to the next generation, and that's Natasha Yar, <laughs> who we hear her backstory like five times in the first four episodes. <laughs> it's crazy, kind of crazy. Um, and um, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> Both of which do not stay on this on this series. Really. No, yeah. And if you think of the Next Generation cast proper, uh, while they, they certainly come up as very notable uh, folks, that they they don't um, they're not the the iconic bridge crew of the Enterprise that yeah. comes to mind. Well, I mean, they were trying to attract um, people by saying, "Look at this young woman that we have; she's so pretty." And look at this young man that anyone can relate to. Mm. And then that just didn't happen because people <laughs> actually related to better characters. So, yeah. But they kind of shielded the rest of the cast from season one. Because mm. season one, before the show really found its footing, is, is, is kind of a hot mess. It's very Monster of the Week, which is kind of antithetical to what Next Generation becomes. It's a much more original series. Mm. And Monster of the Week doesn't really work in the Next Gen format. But when they talk about these characters' backstories, they're sort of tying these people to the season that the show needs to break away from in order to become its own. So Yar and Crusher served a very important purpose of shielding the next-gen cast from, from it. In fact, Worf, they didn't think would be a long-term character, so you have nothing of his backstory. And his backstory is some of the richest of next-gen, specifically because he got protected completely from the first season. That's so funny. Huh, that's interesting. Well, one of the reasons I didn't initially get into Star Trek, because it was on, I think, like TBS all the time when mm -hmm. I was a kid. Um, but one of the things that I think that I thought was that it would be similar to the Twilight Zone, which is also very monster of the week. Only the monsters are typically the humans, right? Sure. Um, but anyways, I had kind of thought when I saw Next Gen that it would be similar to that in a way. But I guess the episodes that I always caught were all very diplomatic. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I just didn't really know what to expect with that. So I would watch, uh, you know, Xeno Warrior Princess instead. <laughs> also so. great. Uh, you, you know, know? who Xena's um, uh, personal assistant was during the shooting of that show? Who's that? Tig Notaro. Really? That's whenever it starts in show business. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I love Tig Notaro since we are the same person. <laughs> you and Tig have a very similar persona <laughs> and energy. <laughs> and I, I guess I kind of do a Stephanie Allen as well. <laughs> Probably. Google me. <laughs> <sighs> That's fun. Okay, right on. I'm just going to go at it and find more and make sure that you stall. And we have more questions. Blood, uh, Bloody Sturex Link says, at Podcast Podcast. What's your favorite quote? Do you want to revisit that one a little later? Think on it for a while. I already know what my favorite quote is. Oh, go ahead. It's by Eleanor Roosevelt, and it is, no one can make you feel inferior without your permission. Mm, gotcha. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to come back to this one. Okay. I've, I've got a lot that I that I yeah. really love that aren't coming to mind right at this moment. I really love that one so much um, because it... it, it reminds me of where I have been in feeling those feelings and realizing that um, anytime I was really in that position, for the most part, unless I was a child, you know, um, I was there because I had allowed myself to be there. And it, while that's somewhat upsetting, it's also very empowering because it helps you realize that you have always been in control and even though you had moments where you chose to surrender that control 
you are fully capable of taking it back and um, realizing and working towards the life that you want to have and the happiness that you want to have. Mm. That's why I like that quote so much. I actually have it printed on all of my stationery. Right on. That's excellent. At Token asks, hey, Podcast Podcast. I didn't really say that. I'm borrowing the thing where I kind of respond like that. No, absolutely. And as long as I gracefully don't call attention that I'm doing it, it'll be a very smooth transition into the rest of this tweet, which is coming right. Hey, Podcast Podcast. Hey, Podcast Podcast. Have you guys ever had real Canadian poutine before? Parentheses, fresh cheese curds, comma, vegetable gravy, comma, fries, end parentheses, question mark, so good, period. No. So I do enjoy poutine. I I like it a lot. The way that you kind of phrased it with the real Canadian poutine and then specified vegetable gravy and stuff. No, I I would imagine the poutine that I've had has been a very uh, Americanized version of it where I I bet the gravy was some sort of meat gravy. If that's what the authentic one is, vegetable gravy, as you say there. Um, But I have had poutine on a number of occasions. In the Bay Area, there was this place that had some of it that I really liked. And I do find it super tasty. But I love gravy things and sort of fat fat things i just love 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 so you're talking about three things that sam brady loves yeah one of those is a potato Uh uh-huh oh anything potato (laughs) absolutely hash browns are my favorite breakfast item and then if you cover that in a gravy yes 100 (laughs) percent. and oh my gosh and then lactose intolerant sam loves cheese yes so (laughs) throw that cheese on there and he is all about it oh yeah so poutine is Fabulous, and I look forward to having a more authentic one in Canada, Token, as I treated your tweet as an invitation. So let me ask the listener something. Sam and I will be getting married in about a hundred days. Uh-huh. She gives a dead phrase it to you like that. A dead-eyed stare at me there. <laughs> Just a hundred miles. Because we've there. done almost no planning. Nothing. We have a dress. We have a dress. But which one of us is gonna wear it? We haven't figured any of this stuff out. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we could take turns. Okay. <laughs> like when I say my vows, I'll put it on. Oh. And then when you say your vows, you can put it on. I like that. That sounds I great. I love how we and saved money on... That, that, just the simple things. And then outside of the wedding dress, it can be a very Betazoid wedding, right? They get married in the nude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have started working out two years ago for that. <laughs> um, so, okay. So this is the thing. We are getting married in April. And we are honeymooning in December. So there are several reasons for this. Um, one of the reasons is that Sam recently had surgery. Well, I can't even say recently. It was like six months ago, yeah. right? So um, Sam had surgery and he used all of his PTO uh-huh. and then was on FMLA for a long time. But um, so since then, we've taken a vacation to Utah and we're taking the children to Disneyland in February and then we have GeeklyCon. So Sam just has to build up all of his PTO. And um, so, yeah, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is where should we go for our honeymoon? And here are some things that I have thought about. Oh, I probably should end on that. Yeah, okay. So here are some things that I have thought about. I really like the idea of going to a tropical island like a Fiji or a Hawaii, but I also really like the idea of going to Switzerland <laughs> and just enjoying the show um, or the snow. And then we went to Sundance up in Utah um, 
while we were there in December, and I really loved it there. I thought it was great. I'd mm-hmm. also like the honeymoon there. So in any event, what I'm asking you, podcast listeners, is what's a good dream vacation to go on? And tweet it at us. Yeah, so let us know. Because I, I really want to know. And then we can maybe look these up and see, but yeah. Because we planned nothing and we, we need your help. We planned nothing. Help us, podcast listeners. You're our only hope. Truly. Okay, the last unique question I have in this little school here is at Craig Hart, H-A-R-D-T. Is that hard? It's Hart. Hart. Hey, podcast podcast. Any holiday baking plans, favorite cookie recipes, and or fond cookie memories? Sam and I have a feud about cookies. Do we really? I guess we do. Oh, we do. Sam has... Oh, you failed to acknowledge the superior cookie. I see. I thought that you had come to your senses by now. No. (laughs) I have a recipe for chocolate chip cookies that are delicious and Unquestionably great. Unquestionably great. Very good. Best cookies. Unquestionably great period cookies. Sam has a family recipe that he thinks is great oh my god there's nothing like it It is everything you want in a cookie and more they are not great (laughs) you don't even like them i think that they're just good (laughs) you're rude (laughs) you're a rude dude i'm just i'm just comparing them to my own whatever yeah i've had both of them too all right yeah and you said mine was great yeah yours is great mine is fabulous Anyways, um, who knows what the future holds yeah, for this great cookie debate. But I I like a nice, huge cookie. And my cookies are huge. They look like they are from a, a beautiful bakery, a quaint bakery that like you go to and you're like, oh my gosh, look at this gigantic cookie. I can make a meal out of this. Um, yum, 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 yum. Mm-hmm. It's sweet and it has a hint of salt it's delicious your cookies are toll house cookies <laughs> you're so rude i don't even get it i love you though i love you too and i love it when you make me cookies yeah yeah because my cookies are fantastic they're all right <laughs> i'm kidding sam makes good cookies i make good cookies and the debate rages on about whose cookie is the best mm-hmm. what we should do sam is we should we should birth a child an impartial child uh-huh and raise it up to the age of maybe 10 deprive it of all cookies never have ever tasted a cookie or anything sweet just to make it more objective yeah exactly and then we'll lay the two cookies in front of it and say Only you can bring balance to the force. Exactly. (laughs) And then they will eat it, and then they will decide. And then we'll say, now we can assign you a name. (laughs) (laughs) Your name is Cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Anything on your mind? Anything on my mind? Um, Happy New Year to all of the podcast listeners, all 12 of you. (laughs) Hope you're doing well. Yeah. I'm always constantly surprised that more than 12 people listen to yeah. this. So gets good, 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 good numbers. So in any event, uh, is that all the questions we have for today? Um, I think so. I wasn't looking at new ones. I could check for new ones real quick. Those are old ones from when we've asked the questions we haven't gotten. Oh. Any yet. Wonderful. At uh, Craig Hart. <laughs> Craig, Craig Hart. Hart. 
<laughs> says, hey, podcast, podcast, what's on the brunch menu today? Oh. today? Well, I have... Okay, I'm glad you mentioned this, Craig Hart. Uh, Craig Hart? <laughs> Craig Hart. Because uh, Veronica here has been laboring under the delusion uh, that grilled cheese sandwich is a breakfast item. So let us know if anyone else in the world has, has heard of, of that. And I don't mean that you, you can eat anything for breakfast, and I do. I enjoy a burger for breakfast. I enjoy all manner of things for breakfast. But I don't um, harbor any um, thing that I'm remaking the breakfast world in my image. I understand that I'm eating a sacrilege breakfast item, and it tastes great. Um, but grilled cheese is one of those things that I'm sure is, is fantastic for breakfast, and I don't begrudge you the pleasures that you take from your life. But I don't think it's a breakfast item. <laughs> so let us know if you've ever heard of that being a breakfast item. I've eaten it my whole life for breakfast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not like a, a English muffin with melted cheese on it. No, it's two slices of, of white, white bread, bread with like American cheese. So we're talking a classic grilled cheese sandwich. Classic grilled cheese sandwich. Uh-huh. Would you have tomato soup with it for breakfast? No. Why would you do that? Because a grilled cheese isn't complete without tomato soup. It's That's not true. missing its other half. I, I disagree wholly. I think that tomato soup is missing. Do you feel weird having a grilled cheese for dinner? You're like, oh, I can't believe I'm having pancakes for dinner. No. No? It's just an anytime all-purpose food? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But I think that other people eat grilled cheeses regularly for breakfast. Like, if you think about it, well, one of the reasons that I ate it so much as a child is that I could eat a grilled cheese sandwich while waiting outside for the bus. Okay. Like, it doesn't take a fork and spoon. No. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like you have to throw cereal and milk into a bag and just try to hope for the best. Yeah. I know it works. I'm sure it's delicious um, to eat your dinner item for breakfast. Rude. <laughs> so I had a grilled cheese sandwich for brunch today. Uh-huh. What did you have? I had, uh, I had cereal. Do you really consider cereal a brunch item? I had it for breakfast. Oh, okay. Well, what time is it? Oh, it's 11 Yeah. Let's get our hobbit asses into the kitchen. Okay. See you guys. We're going to go eat brunch. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year.